Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. I feel I like there's it. blood coming out of my eyes. Right. <laughs> How great would it be if we were on the road promoting our podcast or something and all of a sudden someone from like CTV Morning Live or China asks you a question and you answered by bleeding out of your eyeball. Mm-hmm. Do we need orthopedics? No, Lakota. I'm going to be the spokesperson for that. You just wait. Mm-hmm. Do they have the KISS pinball machine? No, but they have a KISS indicator thing in which you find out if you're like a, a wet slurper or something. What? A you wet slurper? Were you a wet slurper? I didn't play that game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even show up on my map. It's like my map's like you're f- The city is, co- is just being built now. <laughs> They're just building Montreal. Mm-hmm. What's your first name? I said, Dan. She said, okay, D-A-M. I'm like, don't. No. <laughs> My name's, my name's not Dan. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens on RDS? Uh, yes. Right? On RDS, everyone's got cigarettes lit, and that's how they're doing trade deadline day. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by the Delta Scarborough. Hey, it's a Delta in Scarborough. What do you expect? Update. <laughs> We're into, we're into March, baby. It's March and winter continues <laughs> thanks to the curse of Dan. Hey, but we have March break coming up. Just a heads up. We won't be here next week. Yeah, we're going to take a week off. So you will, uh, you will get a podcast on the 17th of mm-hmm. March. Is that right, Christoph? 18th. Ooh, St. Patty's Day's on a, on a Sunday. That stinks. 18th of March, we'll be back. So you'll have the po- this pod. We'll take a week off, back on the 18th of March. We'll and then recap we have some, our, uh, our big vacations. We have some big news. Oh, we do? On March 22nd. Oh, tell me. It's a Friday. Yeah. We are doing our very first live podcast. What? In front of human beings. <laughs> yeah, we are. And guess where we're doing it? At Dan's alma mater, Algonquin College. Yep, yep. Gonk it up. That's crazy. Is that what people say at Algonquin? <laughs> Gonk it up. Every morning during the announcements. <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, just a reminder that signing up for the choir that takes place in the cafeteria. And I uh, hope everyone at Algonquin has a great day. Gonk it up. <laughs> Hey, when we get there, everybody's going to be saying, gonk it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Signs, gonk it. It's being put on by the Algonquin uh, Students Association. They're going to have it in a... You said that like it was a question. <laughs> like the listeners would know. <laughs> I guess. Gonna, it's in an auditorium at Algonquin? Again, <laughs> you're, you're the point man on this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm walking into. But I'm excited about Let it. Let me go to the Algonquin website, see if I can figure this out, because uh, we should have some. Well, shouldn't you remember? Isn't there like a... I never went to an auditorium there. I never went to a library there. Did you go to a class? Yes. This is the place you graduated by writing an essay, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about that with your professors who will be in the audience. Do we know if it's sold out? The AC community. Um, no idea. I'm trying to find it on the Algonquin College website. Maybe they want no uh, 
What? No part of it by admitting that they're having it? I don't know, but it's hidden on their website. I okay. keep getting people saying they're seeing signs about it. Lisa Wagle from, uh, I hope I'm saying that right, Wagle, from uh, Rachel Holman's team. She said she's seen signs for it. So are we, do we have billboards we, around Ottawa? I've got information. Oh, boy. We were not prepared for this. I went to the Algonquin Students Association website. I just went Algonquin College, J and Dan. It came up. Okay. It's going to be at the Algonquin Commons Theater, Building E. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woodruff Avenue. Oh, yeah. That's the ca- I walked to that of, campus. A lot of dirty stuff happens on Woodruff. What? Oh. Tickets are only 18 bucks. That's a great deal. Holy sh- Great deal. Now, okay. we um, should mention, though, that we this could just be a precursor to future live events. This could just be the beginning. And don't expect that $18 ticket price to exist all across the country, okay? <laughs> Those dollar-dollar bills, y'all. This is just a student thing, and uh, so, so don't hold us to that one. And this is a good sign. The lobby and the bar is open at 7. There's going to be booze? Oh, oh perfect. People are going to be bombed. I can't wait. And if you are going to the show and you want to drink mid-show, get up and get one. Uh, do we want everyone getting up all through the show? No, I don't. <laughs> Come That's on, it'll be fun. T- terrible idea. I mean, if you got to get up and take a leak, of course, go for it. Or, or go out and have a dart. But do we want, like, mass amounts of people just wandering around? And then, the- and then people will be in the back. Like, there'll be groups of people having drinks and, like, groups. Give we'll be- me a rimmer and that's it. <laughs> We're talking up here, guys. Uh, can you just give us a second? Okay, so load up on your bevies. Yeah. And then come into the theater yeah, when man. the doors open at 7.30 and the show starts. It's from 8 to 10. It's two hours? Uh, that seems too long. <laughs> Usually we like to do an hour pod. What? But you, you agreed to this again. You're the one who arranged all of this. And I believe there's a... But I believe... Isn't there... A, aren't we signing something at the end? And then we're doing a Q&A. We're doing a um, what does ribbon it say? cutting for the... Uh, what does it yeah. say? <laughs> On the Algonquin website. All ages, general admission. So it's all ages, but there's booze being served. <laughs> Jeez, that seems like a bad combo. He drinks at lunchtime. Oh, man, this is going great. <laughs> Tickets available in person at the Algonquin Commons Theater box office. Perfect. The box office located in the Robert C. Gillette Student Commons room E-104. Ooh, that's Robert Kraft. Robert C. Gillette. That was his... Uh, Alter ego. He booked Whoa. himself into the Orchids of Asia Spa in Jupiter, Florida. Shh. We want to still be able to go to Algonquin. Robert C. Gillette. <laughs> That's me. Your last name is Gillette. Yes, yes. So I'll just need a massage. You can also get tickets. Hey, who wants to f- <laughs> online at Ticketfly? So check it out. I don't I have no idea if this is sold out already and we're we're talking nonsense but uh if it's not please buy tickets and come see it if, if you don't go to algonquin college we'd still love yes. to see if you're in the ottawa area maybe you live in smith falls maybe you live in manatick um here here's maybe the you live in nepean so this website if you don't know who we are and you clicked on it you aren't buying tickets because um here's the sales pitch they're on your TV and mobile device with SC with Jay and Dan. Okay. Pre- presented by Tim Hortons. That's true. Airing weeknights, weeknights on Canada's Sports Leader. That's all. That's fine. Their incarnation of SportsCenter, SC with Jay and Dan, presented by Tim Hortons, includes highlights, trending stories, and segments like You Blew It and The Jannies. 
as well as other surprises across TSN's various programs and platforms, courtesy of producer Tim, cameraman Glenn, and Coors Light reporter Brennan Halloran. Yeah, that's all true. There's no mention of the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, but they're just talking about us, who we are. That's it. And CK then, DJ. And then they have a link. Can't wait to talk about CK DJ. CK DJ was at Algonquin, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. And what a fun night it's going to be. Folks, you got to come check it out. And then they say, listen to episodes of Jay and Dan podcast on TSN. And then they have a link to the one <laughs> where uh, we have Mark Masters landing at the World Juniors. Perfect. That's a great example of what you'll be hearing. Maybe we can get Brent Wallace to show up and dance. Oh, and Algonquin is a non-smoking campus, it says here. Oh, so no darts for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> so you'll have to crush your darts at home or in your car on the way to the gonk. Let's gonk it up, yo! Is that what we said? Yeah. Gonk it up. Let's, <laughs> gonk, let's gonk it up, yo! Hey, uh, Chris. Maybe we... Here, here's what we can do. It's, a, it's walkable where I used to live. When I went to Algonquin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe we can take mm-hmm. uh, the entire crowd for a walking tour to I my al- old house. I, al- I already hate the idea. <laughs> I will absolutely, on, I will absolutely not be doing that. But you don't think it'd be easy to get a room full of people to walk down the kilometer and a half down the street? I think we could do it. I'm not saying we couldn't do it. I'm just saying I'm not taking part. <laughs> I'll be in the lobby bar of the chateau. <laughs> At that point, while you're wandering the streets of Algonquin campus. No, that's how we fill um, the other hour. We just hang out in the lobby bar of the theater. No, no, we don't need to fill it. We know how we're filling the two hours. Don't be alarmed. We know exactly how we're going to fill all the time. (laughs) 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 So, Stoff, do we have a... uh... A master collection of my CKDJ tapes, because uh, we're going to need that. I love how you ask him questions like that. <laughs> but yeah, he had, yes, like, yes, they're in the yeah, library. Yeah, he's got, he's in the got a master collection of them. No, but you've got a lot of great drops, I'm, I would think, from over the course of the last little while. We'll put it all together. We'll make sure we get all the good stuff, because we do want to talk about CKDJ. And Dan, 100%, yeah. you know what, Dan? What you need to do is get some of your old professors to make sure they come to the show, so we can bring them on stage. You remember all your old professors, don't you? Well, let me see if they're still there. Hey, uh, stop while Dan's checking about his old profs. <laughs> can we uh, play the the John Oliver clip? I'm very excited about about this. A few people have sent me uh, tweets about it, and I'm very excited. Ready? Here it is. That was John Oliver. That was John Oliver saying my wife. Yes, it was, yes. Can we hear it again? My wife! <laughs> Not the greatest quality, I believe, the person who sent it to us may have gotten we got it off the her jest. TV, but... Uh, I still dig it. Yeah, I still dig what he's doing there. My wife! <laughs> I miss my the, wife! Yeah, I still like that. My them. wife! Yeah, they're both pretty good. They're both pretty good. Um, CKDJ still around. Oh, man, we're going to have a great time talking about that. Um, hey, it's you- still f-ing cold. Jesus. Yeah, it is, but the sun's shining. Um, you had a big Saturday night. I did. I didn't hear anything about this. No details. I just knew you went and you enjoyed yourself. Well, uh, there, there's not much to say. We Every year, my wife and I, and, and she arranges it. She does all the plans. My wife. She plans a birthday dinner for producer Tim. And it's just me, 
my wife. My wife. And producer Tim. Ooh, and we just go the three of you. Yeah, it's just a threesome. And we just go out to a uh, a lovely Toronto restaurant. Last year we went to Harbor 60 where you went with O-Dog. Oh, yeah. And that's a great restaurant. And this year we went to Momofuku Kojin, which is the new Momofuku restaurant in downtown Toronto. And it's, so is it on the second level? Yeah, and it's all, uh, exactly, it's the second level. The noodle bar is on the main level. And they, and they have all uh, the grilled meats. Because uh, Timo, he likes his steaks. So I wanted to get a di- kind of a different... You want to get you wanted to get some meat in his mouth. Yeah, I wanted to get some meat in his mouth, and men fed it to him. <laughs> men feed my mouth, and it was good. It was all I can't recommend that place. So the enough. way you're describing it kind of sounds like a Brazilian barbecue. Well, uh, so Paula, I want to make sure I'm getting her last name right. Paula, the head chef, who you, it was so funny. I was telling them she used to work at Sanigan's, the butcher shop in Kensington Mark when I lived there, and I remembered her from that. And I remember thinking, wow, she'll never she'll never remember this, but I remember this woman who's now the head chef at Momofuku. She's got all the success, Paula. She she used to serve me at the butcher shop in Kensington Market. And as I was saying that, I was telling my wife and Tim this story. The, the manager brought her out to the table because she's, and then she walked up to me and said, do you remember I used to serve you at Sanigan's? And I was like, yes, I was just telling them this story. Oh, and then we made love. No, I thought she was oh. going to say, don't you remember that day that you... Well, I probably came in hungover constantly. Is that what you meant? No, I, I thought she was Shit coming out everyone. accusatory. No, tone. she was so sweet. Oh, okay. She was so sweet. So it was a, it was a wonderful time. But... I, wanted, I brought up the cold, Dan, because something has happened to me, and this is really disturbing. And I blame you a little bit, because oh. you, said, you said winter was over. But winter has gone on so long, and it is so dry in Toronto. It's yeah. so dry that something has happened to my body, and I want to talk about it. I have developed sensitive nipples. Hmm. You need to get nipple guards, nipple, nipple like, shields. Like... Really, like sensi nips. I've got sensi nips. Like they're so sore and chafed, constantly uh. chafed. I'm in the shower and I look down and they're throbbing <laughs> like Ru- Rudolph's nose. Uh. They're just throbbing in there because I like to take long hot showers, but then your skin dries out, right? So I look down and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the nips are so hard and bulbous and, uh, I know some guys are into having their nips touched, but I don't like that. Like, my wife will touch my nips to piss me off. You know? Like, she'll, she'll touch them and twist them. She's like, you like that? I'm like, no, f*** off, woman. You know what you need to do? I know you don't want to. Undershirt. I know. I thought about that. I thought about that. And I'm very anti-undershirt. I know I know the feeling. You, you feel like an it old feels man. Like old, a... old, it feels like I'm giving up. Are we uh, dialing up our guest? Oh, before we do, though, can we play... Well, just wait. Um, no, we have to play this quick, this quick thing. You'll appreciate it. Okay. In honor of my sensey nips. Yeah. What up? Smoke the crack. Fresh. Yeah. Get high in the whole house. My mom makes me tape my nips because my nips get bloody when the skin rips because I wear a tight shirt that chafes my nips. Nobody likes bloody nips. Why don't you wear a bigger shirt or an undershirt or any kind of shirt that doesn't touch your nips? Maybe you just get a shirt with holes in it. 
and let's stop talking about it. I don't know anyone else with that problem. Why don't you talk to your guidance counselor before singing a song about it? Tape my nips, my bloody nips. My mom tapes my bloody nips. Blah, 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 bloody nips. Nobody wants my bloody nips. With a scrub t-shirt and my nipples in the zone. Please just leave my nips alone. You know, a boy your age shouldn't really have sensitive nipples like that. It's really a, a girl's problem. I should I not have sensitive this nips. Is a song about a woman's problem and it's you, um... You don't want to wear the undershirt because you feel like an old man. But I tell I you, do. every time you put it on, when it's straight out of the dryer and it's tight, it feels like a big hug around you. Whoa, whoa. Save it for the bedroom. And you, you don't have a wind blowing up your shirt. You're protected against the elements. I never felt I needed one for, like, warmth reasons. But now with these Sensi Nips that I have, and I seriously have Sensi Nips. Like, they are still... It's been two weeks now where they're, like, bulbous... They're like uh, what the belly button looks like after you cut the umbilical cord. That's what my nips look like right now. <laughs> so anyway, if anyone has some nip suggestions, uh, I'd happily our, take them. Our guest needs uh, five minutes. Maybe he's, uh, <laughs> he's indisposed. Well, that's okay. There's another thing uh, we wanted to bring up. Uh, Do you find it rude? I responded with K. That's, I text that to some people, and they're like... I text it to you as a joke because you text it to me all the time. I don't it, mind it no, at all. People hate it. Oh. <laughs> I think people in general hate it. Oh, okay. But I think that's why you should keep doing it. <laughs> that's your thing. I don't think you should stop. Uh, Own K. Uh, so we'll give him five minutes. What do you want to play? Because well, I've got something to play here, too. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, go ahead. Because we played... Can we play Sensi Nips again? Just the beginning? <laughs> well, Dan's... Yeah, Stoff is also going to dial up something uh, from uh, Algonquin. Yeah, what up? Smoke the crack, fresh day. Get high in the whole house. My mom makes me take my nips because my nips get bloody okay, when bring, the skin rips. Bring this down. Tight shirt that my nips. There we go. <laughs> oh, no, what happened? Dan just dribbled all over himself. I think I missed. What I, felt, I felt it on my chin and then uh, I, I moved. Can I felt it on my chin be a new drop, <laughs> Stoff? Thank you. Absolutely. Now, uh, stuff. Did you get that link I sent you? Uh, let me check. I just texted it to you. Stuff um, just replied, "K." Okay. <laughs> it's the. Uh, I just want to. Just today, I replied "K" to something you said because I thought you'd pick up on it, but but you didn't. Let, I th- I can't remember see. what it was. Oh, you responded with K. I said, I told you about the, the uh, podcast in Ottawa, and we should talk about it, and you said K. I had no issue. I'm like, yeah, you got it. Uh, well, it does. It, it, it I don't know accomplishes you, what you want to accomplish. Have you noticed that uh, now on my text, I have the read function on? Oh, so you can say, like, laugh at things? No, no. So you can see when I've opened it. The reason, right. reason being, now um, I can't ignore texts and say oh, I'll respond later because the person sees that I read it, so I respond immediately now. But I don't understand why you want that. Because... To it, motivate yourself? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I'll read a, a text, and I'm like, ah, I'll get to that person later. Yeah, and then yeah. a month later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm responding. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't have it on because I can't be bothered to look at when people send me that stuff. I don't want I don't. I, I want to be oblivious. I am oblivious, and then I'll check my phone, and then the person can see that I'm not ignoring them. I just haven't looked at my phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, or maybe they don't care. <laughs> oh, they care. 
So what were you going to play? What do you, is that what you were going to play? Well, it's the Algonquin College radio broadcasting program video on YouTube. This is oh. the program I took. Again, Algonquin, great college. I went there. We're doing our podcast from there. I can't March wait. March 22nd. Friday, so they March have, 22nd, They have guys. a video on YouTube, and I thought we'd take a look at it. I've never seen this. Oh, great. So I want to hear what they say describing the program. So it'll be all Dan CKDJ clips. My name is Dan Polanin, and I teach in the radio broadcasting program at Algonquin College. Students learn every aspect of radio in our two-year program. We really feel strongly that uh, we need to get students on the air as soon as they come into the program, which is early, but it gives them a chance to work on what they do on the air. And for the students that don't want to be on the air, they really need to understand what it's like, and they do that over the full two years of the program. We do get students that you know, didn't think that they could do it, uh, but uh, they learn how to do those uh, interviews, and they learn those skills and uh, do very well. Word placement is a really important part of the program. The entire fourth semester is field placement. So we have students going to radio stations all over Canada. Mm. We've had some international uh, field placements as well. Our grads are pretty much working in every radio station in Ottawa. Uh, some uh, stations, uh, I mean, it's hard to find somebody that works there that isn't a grad of our program. So we're pretty proud of that. But our grads really are right across Canada. They live all over the world. There you go. Huh? Dan really sounds like a dynamic professor. <laughs> Our kids are all over the planet and all over Ottawa. He could have said we all, some students also go into TV. Nope. Sorry. That's a ra- seems a very radio-based... Uh, and, program uh, well, is that is. true? It, it was. Is. It was I, all radio. It wasn't TV. I didn't take TV. I oh, this is new. I thought it was like TVN. I didn't think there was just a radio based. Huh. And then That's kind maybe of interesting. He'd say, and uh, others have ventured into the lucrative world of podcasts. Yes. Yes. Lucrative indeed. <laughs> Dan O'Toole here. That's CKDJ. I really hope... CKDJ. I hope they play some CKDJ clips for the the students now as an example of what not to do. <laughs> Don't no, do this. No, they could say, "Look how, listen how bad this guy is. And yeah, then look at him now. Say, yeah, he's Dan O'Toole here. Still he's employed. A, he's a star. He's a star, okay? I'm the f***ing mayor. Exactly. Another thing I wanted to play quickly, Dan. Uh, this is very confusing. Mike Babcock... Last week? Oh, yeah. Like, what the hell? This is Mike Babcock talking about John Tavares going back to Long Island, the big game where they booed the heck out of him. Just vitriol from the the Islander fans towards John Tavares. And this was uh, Mike Babcock afterward talking about it. That's life. You make decisions and... They get to say what you want. You know, what I've always said in my family, if your knees don't hit the kitchen table, your opinion probably doesn't matter. So that, People are confused by that. Because that's what you'd say about a toddler. You'd right. say that to your child. Right. So, I so I guess, is that a subtle dig at the Islander fans that they're a bunch of babies? A bunch of toddlers? If your knees don't hit the kitchen table, your opinion probably doesn't matter. I don't know if that, quote, 
applied to this situation. It, yeah, I think th- that was everyone's confusion. You could say that if a team was in last place, but the Islanders are a very good hockey team. Excellent hockey team. And also, I think they ha- the fans had every right to boo the out of Tavares. Every right. I actually loved it. Yeah. I loved the passion they showed. I, you know, I don't want them throwing stuff at him. Everyone's like, oh, they threw a jersey. Well, they, okay. It barely, it didn't even come close to him. And I don't think it, but jersey landed on someone's head. I don't think they're getting a concussion. But still, don't throw things. Don't throw things. Just don't throw things. <clears throat> but I love the passion. The fans were incredible. The chants, uh, where are your PJs, and we don't need you, and all that stuff. It was great. I would love to see that in more Canadian buildings. And one of the other ones was past past your <clears throat> bedtime, I think. Past your bedtime, nine night, JT. <laughs> no, that wasn't a good. That wasn't one. I'd like to see more fan bases come up with creative chants, like the Jets fans do. Oh, and while I remember, um, this has nothing to do with John Tavares. This has to do with the uh, Ottawa podcast. If you have a resident of Ottawa like a, a Daniel Alfredson or a Radic Bonk that you would like as our guest on the podcast, throw out ideas That's because a great idea, we're going yeah. to try to get a, a we surprise have a couple, guest. Yeah, we have a couple people in mind that we'd like, but if there's an overwhelming uh, amount of people on Twitter who go to the at Jay and Dan and say, we want this person, that person, then we'll make an effort to get them. Uh, maybe Dan's old professor, Dan. Don Crockford. Maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe Eugene Melnick. Maybe Pierre Dorian, the number one GM in the NHL. Um, Mike Commodore is our guest. Uh, Mike, should Pierre Dorian? He should just shave that, shave off that hair, right? Just go bald. Pierre Dorian? Yeah. He's doing a great job, just unloading everybody, getting some picks. <laughs> Dan's obsessed with his hair, though, Mike. Like, I don't know why it bothers. Because him it so looks much. disheveled. I think it's let me, fine. Let me, I'm right in front of the computer here. I, I got to be honest, I don't think I've ever really noticed his hair. Let me just Google it. In Most here guys don't notice other guys' hair unless it's Mike Commodore's beautiful fro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, images. <laughs> Careful, your search history is probably burning that computer's hard drive up. Uh, hold on, there must be another. There must be another uh, Pierre Dorian because like, I have to pump in centers. There he is. Oh, it's, <laughs> That is a lot of forehead showing. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. what do you call that when it goes way back? That's, I mean, receding, but... Yeah, he's massively receding. Yeah, actually, it's time for it to go. It would look better it, if he kept it a little more tight up there. Yeah. It, it definitely it would look better. The, the dream's over, Pierre. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Many, <laughs> he look many, all right with bald, actually. Many, he look okay. Yeah, he would look good bald. Uh, bald. You know, one thing I will say, Mike, is the dream is over for Pierre in many, many ways. Uh, uh, the dream yeah. for Sens fans is if you're a Sens fan right now, what is there any shred of cool. hope for you? I mean, you just got to just lower the expectations. You know, if the team scores a goal or two in a game, just be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, we scored. You know, things, you, you can't get any worse. So it's only going to go up from here. Hopefully. Hopefully they draft well. You know, pray you get some good draft picks. And yeah, I don't know they, what they're doing with the coaching staff. They well, got Crawford now. Yeah, Mark what, Crawford. What do you think now? of that? What? Have you yeah. ever had Mark Crawford? You've played on a lot of teams. Has he ever been on one of the staffs? No, I never have. But I, okay. so I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never seen him in person unless it was on the opposite bench. But I will say I haven't heard a whole lot of good things about him. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, I think I he's know. he's uh, in that old school, you know, Tough, yeah. tough coach yeah. mode like your buddy Babcock. He's that guy. 
And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which tough coach is fine. I think there's a like there's a difference between being like you can be a tough coach, that's fine, and then you can just be like I got I wanna watch my language here, but you can be arrogant off the chart and like treat people terribly. Yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that's a tough coach. I think that's just a bad person. So I don't know. I don't want to comment on Mark Crawford that far because I don't have firsthand information. I never actually experienced it. But from what I'm here, I, I'm lucky I didn't. How was your um, your uh, trade center day? Because I believe you broke the biggest trade. That was uh, Kevin Hayes to the the peg. Uh, yeah, yeah. I heard he's uh, really enjoying it in uh, Winnipeg. No, I didn't get that one right. I think I traded him to Calgary. Oh, did. really? <laughs> didn't you break did. a big one? Yeah, I, drew, I broke the Mark Stone Mark trade. Stone. Mark Stone, that was the one. But, yeah, I got that one. And actually, the one that I really drilled was uh, Nyquist to San Jose. Yes, we were uh, following you the night. That was the night before, right? Yeah, that, yeah I yes. So you had that at like wing, seven Eastern, and it, they didn't announce it till after midnight. Yeah, so they couldn't announce it till midnight. So my source gave me this information. So I just think I actually figured some things out that night. So my source gives me this information. So I go straight to Twitter. I'm in like a huge rush to get this thing off because I figure, you know, Bob or somebody, Darren Drager is going to come over the top and, and kill my buzz. <laughs> so I'm in a big rush to just get this thing out. So I get it out and I sit there and I like wait. And, and no, you know, you get the odd retweet and stuff like that, but no comments. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I'm like, when, when is this trade going to happen? When's this going to be announced? So I'm looking at Bob's account, and we got nothing, nothing. A couple hours go by. I don't know how many times I, like, scrolled down on my phone to refresh my feed. And then so I messaged my source in, in Detroit, and he's like, yeah, we can't announce it until uh, midnight. Um, I think it must was a roster or spot or something like that. So as soon as midnight hits, like Eastern time, obviously, as soon as it hits, within a second, Bob's all over it. Everybody's all over it. Hey, we, you know, this is the trade, this and that. And I'm like, I had this thing six hours ago, so I figured something out that day. I didn't know that these guys get most of their information, unless it's just a rumor, they get most of their information from, like, the fax guy or whatever they use at the league office. Like, I got to go to a little trip to uh, New York and buddy up with some of these guys and give them some cash, and I'll be the new insider. Well, I was like, th- legit breaking everything. But yeah, you could be. But like, the thing is, you are doing that. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, I think... Your approach on Twitter is funny and very you, but I think you're confusing some people into thinking you're joking. You know what I mean? Like, because right. you have this information so early, I think some people are like, eh, it's Kami, he's around. When in you, actual fact, you're breaking this Because you, if people don't follow you on Twitter, you announce it by saying, hey, so-and-so, pack your bags, <laughs> you're headed to blank. Um, so that's yes. how you do it. You. You're, you're very entertaining, so I can see, yes, as Jay said, how some people might be confused. Yeah, and I will, being totally honest, when I first started, it was just it was just Google who were probably going to get traded that year and just start trading them everywhere. <laughs> Whatever I could think, just fire them off. I didn't have any sources. I'm just like, whatever. I'd be looking around and be like, oh, potential destination, good enough for me. See you later. <laughs> uh, but then actually over the last couple of years, you know, I, I tried to get one trade the first year. And I did do that. I think it was, didn't Curtis Lazar get traded two years ago? I think it was yeah, two years ago. That sounds about right. Maybe. Yeah, he came and he was like one of those trades that came like after the deadline. Yes, right. And I was like, God, I struck out. And then, bang, like at 3 o'clock Eastern, Lazar to Calgary, and I actually had it. I was like, I'm on the board. <laughs> and then last year, I'm like, I need two. And I can't remember which ones I got last year's two, and then this year's three, and my sources are actually starting to become a little bit legit. There and I like go. to have fun with it and everything. So, yeah. 
So off to the races, Mike. You like? I'm being serious about this. I'm trying to recruit you to TSN because Bob told us just last week or the week before on this podcast that this year's trade center was his second last ever trade center. Like next year, he's done. We need fresh blood in here. And you would be fantastic. You've got the looks. You've got the hair. You've got the contacts. You've got the well, <laughs> don't give a f- attitude of Jeff O'Neill. All these That's things. True. Yes. Bulldog and I get along great. <laughs> Perfect. It yeah. would be you guys together on the panel. It would be dynamite. Uh, I'd be laughing. He's, I, yeah, I would enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I did, had no idea. Bob, we only had one more year left. I'll have to keep that in mind. Thank you for for thinking of me. It, yeah, it, I appreciate it. No, it's it, the only issue is like, how hard do you want to work at this? <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to really start watching my language. And you know what? Like that, those guys in the Trade Center show are great and everything, but like I've watched that a couple times, and I'm like, oh, that's a long day for those guys. It's a long day. But one day that's a, a year. Day. One day a year. I don't know, grind it out. Hey, yeah. well, as a player, what was trade deadline day like? Uh. I mean, it depended on your situation. I got traded a couple times at the deadline or in and around the deadline. It didn't always happen that day, but um, I would say it depended on your situation. Uh, I was in the minors in Cincinnati because uh, Babcock was the head coach in Anaheim. <laughs> so I would directly straight go down to the Cincinnati Mighty Ducks, and it was the trade deadline, and I was riding the bus. I think we were going from like Milwaukee to Chicago or something like that. And the deadline came, and I'm like, I'm like, please, somebody, like anybody, trade for me. Call my agent. He has no idea. He's like, no, I shouldn't say he has no idea. He says, no. Well, he ended up being. He didn't know. He's like, no, I don't think anything's going to happen. I'm like, oh my god, I got to stay here. I'm like, I don't have a hope. And anyways, found out like literally five minutes later, somebody's like, hey, I think he just got traded. One of the guys in the team. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I just got off the horn with my agent. And so they were like, yeah, you got traded. So they literally dropped me off at the airport with my bag. And off I went to a couple more games in the minors. And then I finished the year in Calgary. But so that wasn't great. Or that was great. Sorry. I got that backwards. That was an awesome <laughs> day. But at the same time, there are times like, and as much as I, I did enjoy my time in Ottawa, although we weren't very good when I was there, but I did have a good experience there. I mean, when I got traded out of Carolina, I wasn't, like, super pumped. You know, I mean, I had a really good setup there. I know why they did it, because they weren't going to pay me, but I did enjoy that. So it, it all depends on where you're at. I couldn't even imagine going through it, like, the guys that have kids and stuff, like a wife and kids. I was single, basically, my whole career. But, like, a wife and kids and doing that, that would be... Yeah, like Matt Duchesne, he just had his kid, so he had, yeah. has a newborn, and he get traded for a, to a different country, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a lot going on. I mean, I know that they get a lot of help from the team, for sure, but that's still a lot going on, there's no doubt. Matt actually messaged me right after he got traded, oh, probably the day later, about renting my house in Columbus, but unfortunately, I had just sold it. Back in I the day, him. back in the day, um... The the players must have had some horror stories about arriving to a new team, like no one to pick them up at the airport, uh, right. no accommodation, no idea where they're headed. Carrying their own bags, that <laughs> bull****. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was probably a little, I'm trying to think of all the times I got traded, like kind of what the worst. I think everybody was, there was usually somebody there for me, I think. I don't remember any time that off the top of my head where I was like, man, this is Bush League. <laughs> the only like time where I did think it was a little bit Bush League was when I got traded from in the summer from New Jersey to Anaheim. Uh, I didn't even get a call from Jersey. 
<laughs> it was, I literally found out on the ticker at the bar. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And I looked again, and it was kind of later at night, and I had a few cocktails. This was like early July. And I'm like, I thought I saw some of the ducks. And then I'm like, what? Somebody's like, hey, was that your name on there? I'm like, I don't know. And I had to wait for it to scroll through again. And I'm like, oh, shit, I just got traded to Anaheim. No phone calls, no nothing. I'm like, I mean, not that Thanks, I was a great Lou. player for New Jersey. Yeah, it's like, Lou, like, get somebody to call me. You don't have to, but somebody to call me would be That's nice. Right. Yeah, can you return our keys, please? You just got traded. <laughs> hey, how was your Saturday night? Hey, I was awesome. It was it was good. It was a great. Uh, I actually I knew I was going to go, but I didn't. I wasn't sure exactly what the ceremony. And was just wait, be. I should tell people this is the Jerome McGinley, oh, the uh, the yeah. Jersey retirement uh, that happened in Calgary Saturday night. Yeah, so uh, I knew I was going to the game, obviously, and we were, we had a, a suite to, as alumni. And but I, you know, I only played thirty eight games here, so I'm like, I told the players, I'm like, hey, I don't expect to be out on the ice. Like honestly, swear to God, like I really don't. And I didn't think I was going on, so. I actually, I don't know if you guys have ever seen him, but have you guys seen that T-shirt from back in the day, uh, hanging in the dome, chilling with Jerome, where it's a picture <laughs> of him when he was like 10 years old? Yeah. <laughs> so I found that. My parents this summer, after I bought a place in Calgary, finally came and dropped all my <laughs> off. Like, I mean, like medals and articles and shirts and jerseys and from like back when I was really young. And so I'm going through all this <laughs> and I come across this shirt. Like I had one of these shirts. I didn't even know I had it. So I had that all picked out. I'm like, this is the perfect time to wear it. To this game, I'm going to look like the man. And then the Flames called me like two hours before the ceremony started. They're like, hey, you're on the ice. We need you to wear a suit. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't wear that one. Can't be out there with it. I probably actually could have pulled it off. but You could have worn that anyway, under a blazer. Yeah, I, I should have. I should have. I didn't, but I should have. Um, but yeah, the ceremony was awesome. I thought it was really well done. Uh, people were super excited. Uh, I thought all the guys that spoke were good. Um, yeah, it, it was good. It was good. We hung out a little bit the night before over at Craig Conroy's house, so that was nice. Oh, man. First, yeah. let me stop you right there. What's that like? Connie <laughs> opens the door, and there's <laughs> beverages like in his hand. Oh, yeah. His, his downstairs is like a, like an old-school kind of pub, sort of old like pub in a, like a golf clubhouse. Oh, cool. Kind of. Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was cool. I gave him because he's never had me over before. I'm like, Craig, I've only been in and out of here for 15 years. Thanks for finally inviting me over. And your place is five minutes from my house. Uh, but no, it was fun. We had a few drinks, and then, uh, yeah, we everybody had a lot of drinks on Saturday. But, yeah, it, had a, it was really good. I thought Jerome was going to get a little emotional, but he didn't. Yeah, he kept it together. How was our, uh, our co-worker, Jamie McLennan, Noodles? Yeah, he was great. He was a couple down from me. Uh, yeah, no, he was good. He, he looked like he was keeping it together, too. But he, him and uh, the day before, there was a luncheon just to kind of celebrate with, like, sponsors and, and people like that for the Flames. So him and or Jamie and Jerome, uh, Martin Jelena, Robin Regeer, and Craig Conroy were up on, like, kind of a hot stove thing for that. So Jamie's always good. He can talk. He tells good stories. So, no, everything, uh, I would say everything went right according to plan. Uh, I don't think Jerome knew when he was supposed to leave the ice. It was actually kind of funny <laughs> yes. watching. Yes, I saw that, that too. Yeah, he left in front of his family. <laughs> yeah, his like family was standing there, and I'm not sure he knew what to do. And Peter Mahar was like kind of waving him to come over, and so I could see this whole thing from him standing. I'm like, can't hear anything in there. So Jerome's yeah. just kind of 
smiling, and then he just walks away. I'm like, oh, I guess Jerome, Jerome's out of here. He's at it. But he was, it he was right good. at the end boards, and they had a spotlight on him, and it kind of just went like, yeah, yeah, yeah bye, I guess. <laughs> you guys later. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, before we let you go, Kami, um, I was looking at your uh, Hockey DB, which is the go-to site for any stats. If people don't know it, I don't know how you would know it by now. Any player, you could have played bantam hockey with a guy, and his stats would be on here. Anyway, you played, I don't think we've ever talked to you about this, you played a season in the KHL? I did. My how, last year pro. How was that? Um, overall, <laughs> I mean, I got some really good stories. Okay. Uh, overall, so I ended up getting a contract there late, so I didn't... I got a lot of sto- I got maybe I, I got a lot of stories from the KHL, but um, yeah, overall I would say it was, it was. So I played on an expansion team. When I signed a contract there, it was late because there wasn't an NHL team that wanted me. They were going to have me on a tryout, but I was like, ah, I played in Russia for the World Championships in '07. So I'm like, I want to play in Russia, and for whatever reason, I wanted to do that, and I wasn't interested in it. Although the other leagues in Europe are good too, I was like, I just cared about Russia for I, I couldn't even tell you why, but. <clears throat> As, so training camp start, Belarus was telling me for like six weeks, Minsk, they were like, yeah, we want you, we want you, we want you. Now it's the end of September, I missed it, missed every training camp, I got no offer. So I ended up calling Slava Fatisov, who was my first assistant coach, D coach in New Jersey, and like somehow managed to get a hold of him, and it was like a bad connection, and he's like, Misha, Misha, I'm like, Slava. He's like, Misha. I'm like, hey, get me a contract in the KHL. He's like, oh, Misha, you good guy. guy. Okay, I get your contract. And he's gone. I'm like, okay. Next day, my agent got a contract offer from Vladivostok. So I don't even look where it is. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just sign it. I'm like, where is Vladivostok? I've never heard of this place before. So it's like, it's 60 miles from North Korea on the Pacific Ocean. So I'm like, our travel was, we'd play four games at home, four on the road. Four games at home, four on the road. Minimum travel time to start the road trip with a ten-hour flight. <laughs> it was insane. It was like putting like a, it'd be like putting a, an NHL team in like Frankfurt, Germany, and having them play in the Western Conference. It was insane. Did you? Was, I'm looking at it on the map now. Oh yeah, you're out there. You're out, <laughs> out there. there. You're in the bottom out of there. Russia. Yeah. It must have been yeah. warm. Did, was it? Did you have beaches? Uh, yeah, they had beaches there. I wouldn't say it was warm, though. Like, it wasn't freeze. It was, like, kind of like a wet cold. And did they uh, have, like, uh, did you th- get an apartment? Did you get a, a car? So first, so, oh, no, you don't want a car there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you get a car there, you are going to be, hopefully you're alive. You you will be in a major car accident without two minutes of <laughs> trying to drive. There's yeah. no rules. Yeah, there that's true. There's no rules there. Uh, but no, I, we stayed in, they built a brand new university the year before because they had like the G8 summit there. So Putin built like a brand new bridge, brand full brand new, the Far East Federal University. So we stayed there for a little bit, which was okay, but it's it's Russian. Like, I think I could have walked <laughs> through the walls and the buildings are brand new. Uh, so I went and got an apartment on my own and got a driver. And Yeah, there was some, there was, I guess the best way to put it was I'm, I'm really glad I did it. I think it was a really good experience. The hockey was really good. They just, they, 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 there's nobody teaches them anything on how to play as a team there, but the hockey was good. But there were some long days. The jet lag was insane. Yeah. And did uh, Slava every once in a while call and check in on you? <laughs> Not Slava had bigger fish to fry than me, but he would like, the arena was called Petisov Arena. So he used to be like the, 
Like he, Slava Fetisov, the last time I saw him was over here. And so since then, he's become boys with Putin. I think he's the minister of sport right now. Oh, wow. Before that, he was like the governor of that area of the country, Promorska. I, I don't, can't pronounce it, but whatever that region is over there, he was like the, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, the governor or one of the leaders out there. And he's a hockey legend. Like, so he would come in. Basically, he's the reason why that team was there. And he would like come in. He would come to a few games, actually quite a few. He would come to a few games, and every once in a while, he would like walk into the room, and it was like, it, it, for the Russians, it was like God Himself walked into the room. You couldn't hear a pin. They would everybody just stopped and stared at him, and then he would come over to me, and to me, he's like, he's Slava Fatis, like he's obviously a legend, but he's like Slava, the guy that used to bag me every. <laughs> day in New Jersey and like expect me to play really I'm like Slav I can't feel my legs man you hated me for an hour and a half after practice but I just kept working for him and he's a good guy I, I love how you describe Russia by exactly how I describe it to people because we went to the Sochi Olympics it's Russia um, hey did you ever uh, last question did you ever get paid in cash because I remember talking to Fred Brathwaite he played over there and he said the odd time you get you get paid in cash and no chance you're counting it in the room that they give it to you yeah, no. One of the biggest disappointments of when I was there is I heard all these Russian stories, too. And I was like, yes, I want to get paid in cash. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, somebody come and give me some money in a brown paper bag. A wad of but, bills. Yeah, just a wad, a huge wad of rubles. <laughs> um, but no, I never got it. I They had direct deposit. I was so disappointed. Uh, there's some guys, though, that played back in the day there. Like, I mean, Brethwaite, uh, Josh Gratton. Uh, Nigel Dawes, that's, who's the demon, Kevin Dahlman. There's like a handful of guys that have been over there for quite a while that I, I, I think have made a lot of money and played back when it was like, like when they had mob guys. that When like it was the Wild West the still. Yeah, like those guys should be writing books. Yeah, they I, probably I, will. I, I hope they do because I've heard some of these stories like gangsters coming in the room after the game, drunk with a handgun, waving it around, like stuff Jesus. like that. I'm like, please. Somebody tell me these. Like, I need to read this. I or or someone needs to make a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah, even better. I survived the K. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Commodore, we thank you as always. You're very entertaining. Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Anytime. All right, okay. take care, Mike. That is uh, NHL legend Mike Commodore. You can follow him on Twitter and see what uh, we're talking about uh, with his breaking trades. He's great on Twitter. He's at Commie, C-O-M-M-I-E 22, at Commie 22 on Twitter. Yeah, check that out. Uh, And uh, before we go, just a very quick, uh, our condolences to the family, in all sincerity, of Luke Perry. 52 years old, died today. So sad, so sad. So sad. You know, growing up, 90210, that was the big... That was the big show. Was Everyone huge. was watching it. And you wanted to be as cool as Luke Perry, but you knew you could never be that cool. Well, he had, like, it was such a funny character because, like, I think Rob Sheffield in Rolling Stone wrote wrote this. In the hands of any other actor, the the character is kind of ridiculous. It's a, it's a loner surfer who has inherited a bunch of money, lives alone as a high school student, drives a vintage Porsche... He's brooding. He's brooding. He's angry. Uh, but then he's always like, he hates bullies. He's looking out for the little guy. He's friends with Andrea Zuckerman because she doesn't expect anything from him. Uh, like, it's, it was a, f- a ridiculous character, and yet he pulled it off. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was a great show. So, anyway, he seemed like a normal guy. That was the thing about him. Yeah. Like you'd hear him in interviews and stuff, and you're like, 
this guy seems like semi-normal. Like this hasn't all affected him that much. And I guess he was on this Riverdale show, which I haven't watched. Is which is shot in Vancouver. Big deal. Correct. I don't know. I thought it was shot on the Warners lot. Mm, I have no clue. In L.A., but I have no idea. Anyway, Luke, uh, he's gone. We'll talk to you in a week as um, we're heading off for a March break with our children. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. We'll talk to you in two weeks. We'll, we'll, we're no pod next week, but we'll be back the week after. And the live pod on the 22nd. Yeah, March 22nd. Get your tickets uh, and uh, get to the lobby bar quick. Ticketfly.com. They're going home. This is the Jay and Dan Podcast.